Welcome, Friendship Fam. We're here today in Friendship Church Studios. I'm with pastors Matt Clausen and Joel Farber. You've heard of the seven deadly sins, but did you know that they came from the eight evil thoughts? We're going to connect the ancient past with discipleship and a lifestyle of worship. Thank you for joining in. I'm Kenny White. Grab some coffee, buckle up for this week's episode of your Friendship Church Podcast. Hey man, are you ready to advance yet? On Saturday, April 17th from 8 to 11.30 a.m. at the Shockby campus, we'll be having our men's advance. We invite all men, college age and up to join us. We'll start the morning off with a man's breakfast and then have opportunities to connect with a variety of speakers through breakout sessions and a Q&A panel. The cost is 20 bucks and you can register at friendshipmn.org advance. The deadline to register is April 13th. Looking forward to seeing you there. Well, thanks for joining in. I'm here with Matt and Joel. And, and Matt and Joel, I, I realized something that I left people on a cliffhanger last week uh, in our podcast. Did you? Uh, yeah, yeah, I did. When when we talked about the the numbers and April Fools, and we, did, we didn't really say April Fools at the end. So I was confronted this week and asked about that. Like, you, you didn't really you know, let us know that if you're continuing or if that really is an April Fool's. Right. So back the phone by has been ringing popular. off the hook. <laughs> That's right. Yes. Our That's... four listeners are beating down the doors to know if this will continue. <laughs> That's right. Back by popular demand, oh. uh, Matt, we we are continuing our Friendship Church podcast of a show. There's been a demand. <laughs> There's a Yikes. Demand. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully they're tuning in. Yes. I think it's done. Yeah, that's right. That's yeah. right. We might have to start emailing and calling some people yes. up. On hello to our four listeners. We want to say a special hello to you. <laughs> that's oh, right. Matt. Three yes. of which are in here. Wait a minute. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> Come on. Oh. Hey, uh, so a few months ago, Matt, we were talking about some future... Uh, sermon series and and we were just kind of brainstorming some ideas and stuff. Um, and uh, by the way, I'm super excited about the ones coming up. Uh, the one we're currently in, Jesus said, "What? That's fantastic! Super exciting! We're going to talk about the first five books of the Bible." And, and what's we... that series called, Kenny? <laughs> the the first five, I I'm like ninety percent oh, sure on. I wanted it to be the furious five. Is what we are. <laughs> The flurry of five. I don't know. Uh, but anyways, oh, no. yeah, Joel is exasperated, I think, right now. <laughs> We're not going to call it anything. <laughs> Just sermons. This is the sermon that's not titled anything. <laughs> We are the pirates. I was just going to say, way to contextualize mm. VeggieTales Veggie and make Tales. it work for us. Yeah. That was so good. Yes. Upcoming well, sermon series sound exciting. Yes. Yes. I like those. And then this summer, uh, we'll be dealing with Proverbs and the wisdom of the ages there. I love it. I'm excited. Yes. But in doing this, one of the series that came out that you and I talked about briefly uh, were the seven deadly sins. And uh, as we were talking about it, I, I started to look a little bit more into it, uh, into the topic, not mm-hmm. exploring the sins. That's not what I'm saying. 
Uh, <laughs> just <laughs> just want to be clear on that. Uh, but I was interested to note that the seven deadly sins didn't start as the seven deadly sins. I, and I assumed also that that, you know, it came up maybe in medieval times or something. And But uh, what a shocker to find out that Pope Gregory took something that was done a few hundred years earlier and kind of uh, changed it, combined some things, uh, added envy to it, and called them the seven deadly sins. And Kenny, when was Pope Gregory around? Pope Gregory was around 590. And so the ideas that he worked with came hundreds of years before 590? Yeah. That gets uh, us back pretty early. Yeah. So I... uh, Evagrius is where this comes from, and Evagrius died in 399. Okay. So, okay. yeah, so this is, I mean, it's it's formative Christianity. It's mm-hmm. still forming, and they're, you know, they're, 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 they're still wrestling through the books of the Bible, and, uh, well, I guess they've, they've kind of yeah. formed it by then. But. We're talking about the time of Augustine and Jerome and some mm-hmm. of those guys yeah. in, in that time frame. Mm-hmm. Right on. Right on. Those times are so young or so old they sound like prices. Three ninety-nine. Three ninety-nine. Be five ninety. Evagrius. Three ninety nine. Yeah. Yeah. That's a that's a good point, Joel. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> Just a reminder that Joel does all the technical things for this podcast, so he has to be in here. We have no possibility of moving I, him out of the room. I, I have to be. Yes. Sorry. <laughs> Who gave him a mic? <laughs> right. Well, I, I guess I really, um, I really resonated as I started to hear the story of uh, Evagrius, and it, he was um, uh, he was a theologian. He was trained in the church, um, was very well educated in Constantinople, and then eventually uh, starts a monastic movement in Egypt. And uh, while he's while he's beginning this. Um, monastic movement, he realizes some things. And I, I just found it fascinating as I'm reading his story. And and again, I'm and, and even talking about Evagrius, I'm I'm not saying like everything he did is right on or that that's where we are in the church today. That's that's you can not. say whatever you want. None of us know who he is. <laughs> <laughs> but oh. So, so, but what happened, you guys, uh, super interesting, is he goes out into the desert with nothing, like he has nothing. Uh, there are a few other people that are, you know, kind of nearby, and they would come together and, and pray and talk and those sorts of things. But some of the things that they started to realize is the shared uh, sinful thoughts and desires that they all had, like they were going, you know, we don't, we don't have any money, but we're struggling with greed. We we don't have, you know, we eat porridge every day, and we're struggling with gluttony. Uh, how can that be? And and so as Evagria started to um, work through these things, he put down systematically uh, eight uh, what he called evil thoughts. Uh, let me highlight these evil thoughts. So there's gluttony, lust, greed, sadness, despondency, anger, vainglory, and pride. Those are the those are the eight that it just seem shared and common and base that everybody struggles with. Again, uh, Gregory, Pope Gregory, uh, later 
bring some together and then and then also adds to it envy. Hmm. Um, but it, it was just fascinating to me that, you know, it, it doesn't matter. Like, here's a guy from Constantinople. There were people from Egypt. They're all struggling with the same thing. So it doesn't seem to be, you know, necessarily a cultural bias that's associated with it. Hmm. It's just we're flawed humans and struggle mm. with some things. Mm-hmm. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Not even a conditional piece of, you know, I was raised to right. be this way, you know, just kind right. of innate. Right. Right. It's it's our sinful flesh. Mm-hmm. And there were people there that were very well educated, uh, some that, that weren't educated at all. Hmm. And if you get into the desert fathers and mothers and their stories, uh, that that really comes out. Those are those are juxtaposed in some pretty significant ways. But uh, I I just again found it fascinating. Mm-hmm. Uh, he went on to divide this into three areas, and I I wanted to highlight the first area that he calls appetite. So in appetite, he puts uh, gluttony, lust, and greed together. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Th- those would be the the three things, and he his writings on it and I'm no I'm no expert I'm just telling you what I've studied over the last few months as we've talked through these things um but again these are they're just within us that like we can't get away from it Kenny one of the things that strikes me as you read this list of eight things is the focus that there is in modern churches on some of these things and the lack of focus on other areas of these deadly thoughts. Mm. So that areas like, I I mean, at least in my experience, areas like lust or greed are talked about regularly within churches. Mm -hmm. Um, But gluttony, I'm not sure, you know, that that's covered a whole lot. Yeah. Um, we, I love my buffets too much. Anger, we talk about (laughs) a lot within church. But how much do we call out the sin of sadness? Right. Right, or dejection. Interesting. Yeah. And that, that's a really hard one because that particular word within the Scripture is used about things that aren't sinful at times. That, right. And so um, there is a sadness that's quite appropriate. But I right. think here he's talking about a life lived without joy. Yeah. That we are being disobedient to rejoicing in the Lord always. Yeah. That's a command. And we're not allowed to live in disobedience to that. Right? Right. Right. No, that's an excellent point. I, as I go through this, I mean, uh, I I do get convicted. I mean, gluttony is is one of those. It's like, um, yeah, how many times have you gone through the line at the church potluck? Come on. (laughs) Come on, Kenny. What are you doing? Uh, (laughs) Church potluck. You're so pre 2020, Kenny. I, I know. Come on. I know. I know. And yeah. <laughs> Next Sunday, French Church Shakopee. <laughs> right. Well, and it is kind of funny that that we don't address those kinds of things, mm. um, and and we're so careful in other areas. You know, I mean, we 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 sometimes, depending on the ministry, but but even on staff, we have dress codes. <laughs> it's like. Uh, yeah, we want to make sure that we're Wait, not... Wait, I'm, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> what am I supposed to be wearing? <laughs> yeah, 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 a code not, or a dress. <laughs> a code or a dress. 
Oh, Joel. Oh, no. This is just a reminder that Joel does the technical stuff on the <laughs> podcast and that we can't actually get rid of him from the room. Yeah, please listen to me do my technical <laughs> stuff. Do, 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 do. <laughs> tap, 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 tap. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> so um, another thing that strikes me as I think about this is a passage in Philippians chapter 3. Because you, Kenny, you zeroed in on gluttony, lust, and greed. Mm-hmm. Um, and those, those are, um, those are appetites that we have, uh, right? We have a natural appetite for food or a, a natural appetite for, for sex and sin is the exaggeration or perversion of those natural appetites that we have. And in Philippians chapter three, it seems to me that Paul is saying, the only way that we can overcome sin in this area is by keeping our minds and hearts constantly focused on our on an eternal perspective, mm-hmm. on the fact that God's called us beyond this world, mm. and that these are silly things. Uh, to go back to that C.S. Lewis quote about the satisfaction people have in this world of playing with mud pies, or mm-hmm. um, this is really rough, when God <laughs> offers a vacation at the beach. Um, you know, that that's us sometimes with these things. We right. dig in and we uh, we give in to these appetites. We, we go ahead and we indulge them for moments, sacrificing e- eternal reward mm-hmm. that's, you know, billions of times greater. Yeah. Uh, sorry, to Philippians 3, it says, for many of whom... I have often told you and now tell you, even with tears, walk as enemies of the cross of Christ. So there are people who are living in the exact opposite way that a person should be living if they're devoted to the cross of Christ. He says, their end is destruction, their God is their belly, Hmm. and they glory in their shame with minds set on earthly things. So their minds are set on these exact things that you've brought up. Mm-hmm. Then, then, then I guess the, the positive formation side of this. But our citizenship is in heaven, mm-hmm. and from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body to be like his glorious body by the power that enables him even to subject all things to himself. So there seems mm-hmm. to be this juxtaposition between the life of those who live as enemies of the cross of Christ and who are regularly giving in to the temptations of trying to, uh, to trying to make themselves happy with the things of this world, with mm-hmm. gluttony and lust and greed mm-hmm. and those things. And, and the believer who is focused on eternity, focused on what God has for them forever, which gives them maybe some sense of self-control in mm-hmm. these situations because they have a, a different aim and recognize far greater glory and pleasure can be ours in heaven mm-hmm. or something like that. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That, uh, I mean, uh, you, you've sparked a few thoughts here. One, the, the issue of hedonism, which was rampant in those days, but I think is making a, a revival now um, uh, with kind of a, a neo-hedonism movement that, that, that people are embracing and and accepting and and in some ways even in the church I think like you've identified some of these are oh it's not that bad hmm. ah, it's this um, but but I really like that um, in the past it was called a sacramental life and basically what it means is uh, everything 
points us to God. Hmm. So every all of creation points us to God. So to your point, and even even talking about that in, in Philippians three, that that this food, yes, it's good, but I'm I'm not bound for it. There's something better. Yes, this intimacy is good, but I'm not bound to it. There's there's an intimacy that's hmm. better. This this money, okay, yeah, it's good, but there's a treasure in heaven that's better. And and all of these things point us to that. And yes. I, I love that uh, that reality. Yeah. It also reminds me of First John chapter two, around fifteen, the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the mm. pride of life uh, are are kind of the three things that are hinged there in this world system that John is trying to tell us, like don't don't be bound by the the world system, yeah. the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. That, that's there's something better and greater for us than these things. And we see that in a very base way through these these eight thoughts as Evagrius mm. talks about. Yeah. So how is it that some of these get more attention than the others? You know, like gluttony. It's not talking about it's not talked about often. Mm-hmm. Is it because the other two scream louder and deserve more attention? You know, I, I, I can't even think of a book, you know, those Christian books. There's so right. many out there about lust and greed, but is there any about gluttony? Right, right. Yes. I've never read it, but I know uh, Lisa, oh boy, Turkhurst, yeah. I don't know how you say her last name, okay. has a book called Made to Crave that is all about food and challenges with mm. food issues, sin issues, and mm-hmm. and idolatry when it comes to our food. Again, never read it. I'm not sure if I should be even saying it, but I know that is a book out there right. that right. deals with those issues. Right. But compared that to yeah, yeah, the, yeah, the writings. Of, yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. It's... Uh, it's very low on the list, but to your point, though, I, uh, you know, gluttony is kind of talked about in scripture. But you compare that to some of these other sins, uh, uh, lust, for example, is talked about quite a bit. Right. Uh, I mean, uh, quite mm-hmm. a bit more. Um, as Matt was saying earlier, sadness. You know, uh, yeah, sadness is referred to, and there is a call to joy. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, there's also this issue of um uh, where is the line like how do we know that mm. someone's being uh, gluttonous versus being lazy for example i mean you you right you could be eating the right amount but just <laughs> not doing what you're supposed to be doing mm. or or your your lifestyle is more uh, sedentary and so you you right. just aren't able to do mm. you know or there are health issues that that cause it so i i i think that there's a a tenderness and like it's really clear where that line is with lust. It's hard to point that out uh, with gluttony. The uh, additionally with hmm. sadness, That's it's like, like joy could there could be some internal joy going on that is that your face uh, hasn't recognized yet. <laughs> you know, <laughs> your face uh, yeah, yeah. hasn't recognized yet. <laughs> yes, and so so I think that some of the delicate nature of of dealing with these things. Hmm. Yeah, good point. I don't know. One of the things that uh, that passage in Philippians 3 reminds me of is uh, my need as someone who teaches people regularly uh, to be reminding people of our future heavenly hope that yes. and and we saw that in the first Peter series that our hope is bound up in a constant uh, head and heart pull towards our eternal future. Yeah. And I think um one of the things that uh 
sometimes we can get caught up in, that I know I can get caught up in, was even trained in a little bit in seminary, was, hey, if you're going to teach, you got to give people practical things that are going to change their life this week. So try this three times, or say this five times to yourself, or whatever it is. And one of the things I think the Scripture is constantly reminding us of is genuine transformation and heart change takes place only if we are constantly being called to have a full and robust picture of the life that is to come. Uh, And it's not three steps for tomorrow. It's, no, no, people, let's just be constantly reminded of what is to come in the next life, and that impacts the transformation process right now. Right, right. Yeah, that's really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't know, uh, uh, Matt. It's we we do live in that um, process world. We live in that place where, like, just just give me the steps to get this done, and I, I want to figure it out. So, uh, you know, I I, th- I think that there's a place for that. But what a great reminder that, boy, there there is some place we're going. Mm-hmm. And it it's so good. It's indescribable. You know, we we try, but we just fall short of it. Mm. And the transformation that that will occur, and the hurts, and 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 all of those things, even the even the desire for sin, uh, it's just not there. Like that's an amazing thing, and it's something to look forward to, and and not a uh, not a sad thing, but a celebration. I don't know. Mm. I, I like what you're saying. Yeah. Let's preach it, man. I'm reminded of uh, Jonathan Edwards had certain things that he affirmed. Jonathan Edwards was a uh, theologian slash preacher early in America's history right? Uh, who, uh, in the midst of what he was doing, would affirm certain things each and every day when he got up. And one of those affirmations, if you will, that he made every day was, I want to seek the maximum amount of eternal reward with this day. And then he had a lot of adjectives described uh, mm. to describe it. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, essentially this idea of I'm aiming this day to get the maximum amount of eternal reward out of the way that I live. Uh, and it, it takes a belief in heaven and a regular recognition we're going there and that God is yeah. going to reward us. Yeah for the lives that we've lived in order to uh, move forward with that kind of motivation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Amen. Amen. That's a, that's a good point. Joel, as, as you think about this lifestyle of worship, uh, is there anything that comes to mind to you as, as we kind of look through these uh, eight evil thoughts and how it impacts worship? I just... Uh... I, I don't have anything to say about how it impacts worship, but just in thinking about how you're starting your day, and there's reasons why we start our days reading from the Scripture, mm-hmm. right? Or starting our days in, in worshiping the Lord is because mm-hmm. it fixes your mind in the right spot. And I find if I don't start my day that way, and, you know, I'm not a perfect human, not every day starts that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I don't, you know, the day is just harder. It's just yeah. a harder day. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yep. Amen. My first reaction when you said, let's talk about the eight evil thoughts was only eight. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> I've had so many more evil thoughts than that. Like, <laughs> who's this guy with his eight evil thoughts? That, that guy's a wimp. Are you kidding me? <laughs> That's right. You can do better than eight. Yeah, about eight million evil thoughts. Uh, <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. Uh, categories. Categories, uh, I oh, think, yeah, is yeah, where, yeah, yeah. where he's okay. going with okay. it. But, 
Well, uh, for those of you listening, and thank you for joining us. You know, I, I love to be able to look at the past and and see what God has done in the lives of saints who've gone before us and how we can learn from them as they uh, learn to follow the Lord. So uh, this was, I, I hope, uh, a little bit of encouragement. We're going to talk some more in the days to come over the rest of these eight as we learn to love, live, and serve like Jesus. God bless you. We all have our struggles, but many of them are shared or common. I hope that today, as you heard the podcast, that you found some hope, found some encouragement, and that you sense God's work in your life. It is our joy and honor to connect with you each week. We'll see you next time on your Friendship Church Podcast.